Gang, this episode is being brought to you by Taste Cake, a snack favorite since 1914. Taste Cake offers a complete line of snack cakes, pies, cookies, and donuts available in supermarkets throughout Philadelphia and the tri-state area. Come Super Bowl Sunday, gang, no better way to beat that sweet tooth than with a delicious tasty cake. I prefer the crimpets or the candy cakes. You can go any which way, but be sure to pick up some tasty cakes for your Super Bowl party. Nobody bakes a cake as tasty as a tasty cake. On part two of our Super Bowl Grandioso episode, we have special guest Susan Spencer, the first female GM in NFL history and daughter of the late, great Leonard Toes, who owned the Eagles. Susan uh, is a great lady. She uh, has a lot of hot takes. We're really looking forward to talking to her. We also have Steve Corcoran. 23 years with the Contra Costa Times, the Oakland Tribune, and the San Jose Mercury News, covering the Oakland Raiders for most of that time span. Cork just wrote, was part of writing a book, Al Davis, Behind the Shield, totally knowledgeable guy as far as the league goes, uh, in tune with all 32 teams, Specifically the Raiders, though, specifically Gruden, but we can't wait to get Quirk on and talk with him about this upcoming Super Bowl. So, gang, we got all that and much more on part two of the Super Bowl Grandioso episode. Benny, it's time to kick off for the second half. Benny, I'm absolutely thrilled for what we got lined up for part two of the Grandioso episode, and I'm going to tell you why. You get a lady on the show in Susan Spencer, who was so damn ahead of her time, first female GM, NFL history, 1982 to 1985, uh, unprecedented, and um, I like Susan because she's hard-nosed, she's gritty, she's tough, she's got a lot to say, and she's just an interesting lady. She's fun, Marky. I'm really excited to talk to her because I, I think she's going to have a lot of good stuff to say based on what we've talked to her before about. She's great at what she did, and she set a precedent. Yeah, she was a legacy. She de- definitely has a legacy here in Philadelphia. And here's the thing: I mean, you know, she does so much in the community as well, and um, had a radio show out in Vegas. This is uh, a fascinating person in Philadelphia sports history. So to have her on Super Bowl week. We can't complain. Yeah, she's a little hard-nosed, but she's really fun. I, I I like her. She reminds me of some family I have. I know she does of you, too. Yep, no question. No question. And then, of course, we got Steve Corcoran coming on, who's been covering the NFL for 20-some-odd years. Just co-authored a book about the late, great Al Davis. Uh, Steve is just a totally knowledgeable guy, knows the ins and outs of the league, and uh, we're going to pick his brain on the Super Bowl. Of course, you know, because like I always tell you guys, I'm a Raider, so of course I'm going to find out some news about my Raiders. You guys will find this stuff pretty interesting. I, I truly believe that. Smart dude, for sure. Guy knows his Raiders, but guy knows his NFL. Guy knows a lot. Yeah, of course. Massive connections throughout the league. Very smart man. So, Benny, just hit the break real quick, and when we get back, gang, we're going to get into these interviews. I sleep all day. I 
Susan, you are now on yeah. the mark. We welcome you to the show. We're thrilled to have you. You know, I've been eager to meet you for a long time uh, from hearing great things about you through Marnie and various other people. The first female general manager in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles general manager from 1982 to 1985. What was that like for you? What, what were the uh, trials and tribulations of that position with the Eagles at the time? Well, unfortunately, we had, you know, we weren't, we weren't sitting around with dollars saying, oh, we can spend all this stuff. But what was happening is that by the time I got involved in it, uh, I found that they just were, they were very little cash flow, and the bankers were on my neck. They, they actually came in in the early morning, put two seats down by my desk, and said, okay, where's the number? You've got to get to our budget. I said, so do I. So um, it, it was, it's, it's very, you know, it's really difficult because you can't tell people how many tickets you're going to sell or, you know, what happens. It just doesn't work that way. So uh, it, it was, uh, it was tough. So I tried to keep every cost down. And what I tried to do was to eliminate some of the extravagances that we've had at the, the Eagles, you know, doing uh, lobster for you know fried diablo for lunch for anybody. <laughs> That's Leonard Toes is doing. doing. <laughs> That's it, and, and and nobody wanted to you know nobody wanted to to say I want to go and you didn't even know who they were. Right, they weren't signed up. So uh, that and then when we when we used to take the press cross country and their friends and their people we don't know and uh, the, the flight was so expensive. It was about eighty grand each time, so I said I got to change this. What was that? A private chat type deal? Uh, no, it, it was to have a contract for the whole for sure. the whole plane. Sure. Yeah. But a lot of times they didn't do that, and so they kept buying using bigger and bigger airplanes. So instead of being like the, the like where Southwest is now, that would have been fine because we'd save a lot of money. So right. I never discussed it with anyone because I knew what they were going to say. No, we don't want to go there. Right. So as soon as you assume the position of general manager, your immediate uh, gut reaction, your your immediate task was to start cutting costs, start getting the team That's more right. fiscally responsible. Yeah, and the bank kept saying, you know, what did you do this way? And I would show them. I'd show them the books. I wasn't so nervous about it. I just – and we had problems in our – in our front office because game day is cash. Right. You know, somebody wants to come and they get it, and and we never reconciled it. So, and the person that I said to my dad, I got we got to get somebody in there that knows what they're doing. Right. So, um, and get him, you know, organized. So, I put out a like a feeler to a person who was with Pete Marwick, and he then was she was then head of the Delaware IRS. You know those women. Okay, so, so, so you brought her in. Yeah, I brought her in, and so I went into the office with my dad, and I said, uh, "Here, here she is." He goes, "She? Yeah, she." <laughs> oh wow! So you, you know, um, today we hear a lot about uh, you know getting women involved in uh, male sports. Uh, you know, whether yeah. it's women coaches, uh, women in the front office, of course, Amy Trask, that was with the Raiders. Um, you were uh, ahead yeah. of you. Well, Amy, of... Isn't, Amy isn't a person that really is, you know, it really is 
a stand-in. Uh, she's just been there for so many years. Sure, she was there. With, she had uh, a long Alan, run. They were buddies. Yes. She got fired. Yes. Because Mark didn't like her and didn't like taking over. Interesting. So what that happened. Interesting. Yeah. See, many people think just Amy resigned. So you're saying Mark Davis yeah, fired her. He did, not. he did the first day, first or second day. Wow. Now that's fascinating yeah. stuff right there. Uh, that's yeah. interesting stuff because that that's not out there, folks. We, we don't we didn't hear that side of it. That's interesting. Well, no, you know, no one calls people that have been insiders. Sure. And you know, I'm not trying to make everybody nasty, but that's really what was. I believe. And it. and and here's one more for you for now: is that Mark Davis does not have any ownership in the Raiders. What? What is he just the, the lightning rod, or what? How do you figure that? No, no I minority don't. owner. It's, it's a, it's a no. It's a really. It's Al Davis never really thought that Mark would have been his next person behind him. <clears throat> they were not friends. Right. And that's in all the different league meetings, I never saw him. Or if he did, he'd say, "I'm not sitting near you." You know, he was. I mean, that he wasn't a good guy. He wasn't a good guy. His son. But he did not like him. He thought he was incompetent. Boy. That's what he oh my! Like no, a Fredo Corleone. Oh well, my God! He, I'm he shocked gets, here. Uh, I truly am shocked. But I will tell you this: I will tell you yeah. this from, from a guy who's followed the Raiders for a very long time, um, and uh-huh. I was I, I have my connections with the organization and with people who follow the organization, and I have heard over the years about the animosity between Mark and Al. And, oh, yeah. uh, so that doesn't really oh, come yeah. as a total shock to me. But once again, that's one of those stories that is not out there, that is not popularly Wait discussed. Wait till I tell you how it ended. Okay, I'm Al all was ears. Getting, he, was getting, he was getting very ill, very ill. Yes, and, um, very quickly. And, and in, in the football teams, if in fact you hand it over to your kids, uh, you're going to have to pay a whopping for tax. Tax. Because they have to pay everything else. So they have to go... Not for wives, not that doesn't cost the tax, but if it's a, if it's a family member, it's going to. So, what he put in his will, and this one's true because I've seen it, uh, that I will give I think I don't know thirty forty percent of the stock to my my wife, and uh, and the other caveat that was a small little thingamajig in the in the law thing saying, but. My wife is not permitted to provide any stock or mark. Oh, my Lord. Wow, they really must not have had a good relationship whatsoever. Oh, they never did. They never did. You know, he said he said he's a mommy's boy. He couldn't see. Al's a tough guy. Al was a man's man. He's really tough. And, and Mark was, you know, kind of like tiptoeing around. Right. And so I guess he didn't, he didn't like that. Yeah, I, I didn't find him to be to be uh, and he and if you've ever been in his company, he never looks at you eye to eye ever. Well, look, I mean, the guy is eccentric. You just look at him. You see him with his haircut. He still uses a flip phone cell phone. He drives a minivan. He eats at Hooters um, it, with the players. He's always wearing sunglasses. He's, he doesn't talk. He doesn't look at you. He's wearing uh, jeans and like he just. You know, guys like that are usually somewhat suave, somewhat uh, well put together, and he's the exact opposite of that. Uh, really, the exact opposite of his father in many ways. Oh, Al always looked like he was very had great suits and great. You know, he was always in. He yeah. and my dad were best friends. Nice jewelry. And it was funny. What, 
Al and Leonard the, Toes were best friends, huh? That's really cool. Best friends. Wow. Best friends. And when and when he used to go to the NFL meetings, the the owners didn't like him. So uh, Al said, you know, I, I'm not allowed in there. Yeah. Because the owners wouldn't let me. And, and that wasn't because they didn't like him, but they didn't like the fact that he sued all of his owners to own a nanny trust thing. Sure. Then he could move his franchise. To L.A., so, yeah. Uh, so my dad said, oh, let's go get drunk. Come on, let's go. Let's go get drunk, he said? Oh, yeah. And they went to the first bar, and they hung around until it was over. No way. Yeah, absolutely. They absolutely. don't make them like Leonard Toes and Al Davis anymore. That's for certain. No, and one of the things that, that showed his um, respect and, and, and happiness and friendship with my dad is when uh, when he died, and it was during Easter weekend, and we walked into the temple, and I said, where all these flowers can come from? And I said, is there a carter's? I mean, we couldn't even get in there. Yeah. There were flowers in every inch of the temple. Wow. And it said, I'm going to miss you, guy. Oh, no. that And that was from Al. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. man. You know, I, I read. You would, not, you would not think of him that way. No, you, you you really don't. So they were the best of friends, and it makes so much the sense best. because they remind me of one another so much. Oh yeah, and, uh, they're, they're, they're different. They're different than you know. They're 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 free spirits. That's what they are. Yeah, totally. They did it their way, like Sinatra said. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the funny thing is, because it was the Raiders that beat us in, in the eighty first Super Bowl. They had, and they were, and I think the, and and Al is not a straight shooter. That's all I can tell you. In what regards? In what regard? He tells the players, just tell the other players on the other side of the team, oh, we're, you know, we're going to be in Louisiana. We're going to be, we're going to be down Berber Street. But nothing, we don't need to sleep that much. Come on, let's go. Okay. Of course, I don't know how many went because no one ever thought, because they thought they were taking heads. And, and that, or they came down to the, uh, they had a, most of them don't, you know, they're supposed to stay in bed, but they're not doing that. Right. And so most of them had big hangovers. So that wasn't a good place. So you, you're saying the Raiders players took the Eagles yeah. players out on Bourbon Street and partied with yeah. them. Yeah, and they were and they were friends too. Sure, of course. And they didn't think each, I mean, each one was doing the same thing. And do you think Al orchestrated that, or do you think they oh, genuinely yeah. just? Oh, oh yeah! Wow. Oh, yeah. So oh, the and, and it the, doesn't matter if it's that was his friend. His sure, friend, but he wasn't, wasn't going to try to you know try to beat him if he could. Yeah, competition is a big, very big thing. So you think the Eagles lost the Super Bowl in, uh, to the Raiders in '80 because of they were basically hung over? Because Vermeil was well, a strict I, coach, I, I know. Oh, very strict. But I don't think it was that. I think it was that they, it, this was their first time in a place, and your eyes get open, you know, because of all the different stuff that's out there in New Orleans. I mean, there's, there's jazz and there's dance and there's everything. Sure. So they, they, so they, you know, they figured out, oh, we'll just go for 15, 20 minutes. We'll be back. And they were out um, all night to the wee hours of the morning. Yeah, they, well, some were. Some yeah. were. I don't know who was. Because right. unless I don't think anyone was tracking them, yeah. but um, that happens, and that happens every every newbie who's starting in the Super Bowl, 
and it's down in Louisiana. They are having a heck of a good time. Oh, uh, you better believe it. Now, so do you have any more of those type of Mark Davis isn't the owner of the Raiders type of bombs up your sleeve? I mean, that is unbelievable yeah. stuff. I mean, what else are, are you in the know with that, that maybe we ha- wouldn't even consider or haven't heard? Well, you know, I, Mark was trying to be slick and make a deal with uh, Adelson, and he did not like that. Uh, Sh- Sheldon away. Adelson, uh, Las Vegas, yeah. yes, the Sands, yeah, the owner said, of the what, Sands. He said, you're like a, you know, who do you think you are? You don't know anything. I'm, you know, I'm a billionaire. You're nothing. Right, right. Yeah, and that, that, he, that. You uh, know, when, when you move one area to another stadium, it's not just an easy deal. Okay, now Susan, and, uh, as a Las Vegas resident, is that Raiders move to Vegas going to be a success? Not sure. Okay, coin toss, not huh? Sure. Yeah, not sure. Yeah. If, if they win, if they win, if they won't win, the answer is no. Right, the place will be empty. Well, no- because the seats are going to be very expensive. They're trying to sell the, you know, those standard seats, you know, yep. full time. Yep, yep. And the and the, and the <clears throat> it's not built yet. The right. uh, stadium is not built yet, so it's not, I don't know how long it'll be. Now, it seems like you're very in tune with the Raiders organization. Are there any little tidbits you're hearing out of the Eagles organization? Because we have a ton of Eagle listeners, people who are always intrigued uh, to hear news like that. Are, are you hearing anything like that eye-opening out of uh, the Eagles organization currently? I think they've done really well. I think because Andy was a mentor to, to Peterson, and he's a very, and he's very well-liked within the whole group because, he, you know, if you had if you ever watched Chip Kelly, you'd know they hate him. Yeah, you, you, it, <laughs> he it was evident. He never, ever talks to them. He never says, good job. He never pats them on the back. Yeah. That's what these guys need. They need they need some recognition. Yes, Doug is and, a good I, communicator. I hated I did not want Chip. I did not want him at all because yeah. the players were not real young. They were older. Right. And any, any player that has to be on the field, 60 minutes, and they're 34, 35, 36 years old, they can't sustain it. Nobody can. Right. Yeah, that's a a style that only young kids in college or high school can consistently put on the field. That's only a style of play. Well, if you have more than 52 players, you're going to need about 80. Yeah, exactly. You're going to need a college-type roster. Yeah, exactly. Um, Now, question for you. How involved were you with bringing in players when you were the GM uh, at that time? Or were you mainly worrying about the finances and letting other people take care of player acquisitions and whatnot? Well, I had to sign them, so that was my, you know, that was my issues, is trying to get them to a point where they understood what the number was that we were going to match the other players. So, yeah. um, and that's why the coaches don't like, didn't like me because I was budget lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, um, what about on draft day? You'd let the coaching staff take care of well, draft day, or I, did you have any input there? I was there? very disappointed on the scouts we had because every year that we either a first or second choice, they got signed, but they never made it, never. They, they, they tried to go down to the lower levels where, you know, what I understood, not if I if they let me loose, I would have had probably more ability to help some of the others. Right. I would go into some of the you know, small colleges and stuff, and that's not what these guys did. You know, they they take them out to lunch and they 
They have thought, but they're not watching them. They're not talking to them. Right. And they're not interviewing them. So they don't really understand who they are. Right. Women are different than men. And, you know, when you, when you want to sit somebody down and you want to see what they've got, and I always laughed at them when they told me they liked it because he could jump high. They liked it because he had big hands. Right. They liked it because he was, they don't have to be fast. Their high jumps aren't great. The, the spread is not good. Right. So, and, and, and that all, all of these scouts do this, and so does the combine. Right. We don't care how much they weigh or what they do. We care about who they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and look, like I said earlier, you're you're ahead of your time because today that's a huge part of scouting: getting to know the people, uh, getting to know the players, uh, the wonderlick test background investigations that go all the way back to high school. So, yeah, I mean, that, that that's a major part of the scouting and the draft and drafting today. You were well, a, you were a like visionary, that. Susan. That we, we've got all these scouts, and it was very expensive to put them on the road. Right. And I said we could probably save, you know, $750,000. So I said, I have an idea. He goes, oh, here it goes. <laughs> yeah. He tells me. Yeah. Uh, don't tell me. Well, you want to save seven hundred fifty thousand? We're going to take a big board and take the dart, and this is the first three, and see what's going on. Throw the dart, see where it is, and see how it ended. Right. And then you can pick it. It's yours. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what what was his response to that? He said. Don't come in this room anymore. Yeah, yeah. He knows you got to have the scouts. You got to find the gems out there. But some of them are much older, and you know they really are. Some of them have been older and haven't really stayed around. Sure. And And one of the things that I've observed in, in that time frame, that if I was going to work with certain colleges, I would be down there, not necessarily uh, right before the scouting, but I would be down there making friendships with them. Yeah. And saying, is anything anybody there that that's really really interesting to you? Because I really like to come down for twenty-two hours, a couple hours, right, and see them. So uh, that they don't do that yeah. because it's too much work for them. Right, right, right. So, and there's a lot of minor colleges where the kids are still. Sometimes you hear where the hell they come from. Oh, the small school kids. Sometimes be, they can go on to be hall of famers, as we know all too well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Now you were doing a radio show out in Vegas, weren't you, Susan? Uh-huh, yeah. Are, are you still doing that, or? No, I don't like them. <laughs> you know, you didn't like the radio station? Well, no, because they didn't like me, so why, I didn't care. Why not? You were too candid for them? No, they just they just said, well, what is a woman doing being on the radio as a sports person? I said, I don't do stats. Wow. I don't do anything. I, I talk to you about somebody you want to know about, and I'll go, you know, I may interview them or something, but I, it's not what I do. Right. Because anybody can do stats. Anybody. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and I mean. So I, the one guy called me, um, like the second day, and my producer that was supposed to be a really good uh, guru on sports, that was not true. Oh, boy. So yeah, a lot of liars. A lot of frauds but, out um, there. The guy calls me, and he's like, and it's, everything's on air, and then, you know, it's being taped, and he said to me, uh, what are you doing here? You don't know anything about sports. I said, well, what sports do you play? Yeah. And he went, uh, and then he said, um, stickball. 
That's a great sport. Right. I guess you're the ones, huh? Yeah. You know, you do it in the street. You just do the, you know, you have it on the, whatever it is, the bat. Right, 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 the broomstick. I have a real authority. Yeah, yeah. So, and this was this was somewhat recent, wasn't this like uh, about what five years ago? This happened. Yeah, about that. And I got, I got very bored, and that's the problem. Um, yeah. Who do you like to win the Super Bowl between the Eagles and the Patriots? It uh, should be a close game. Not sure. Not really. Sure. Really. I, you know, I, I would you I like just, to see I, the Eagles win at this point, or or are no, you? No, absolutely. Oh, okay. Absolutely, I want them to win. Yeah. Because every if you can see from a distance that the players are very vested in it and want to be vested in it, yeah, and they want to they want to win, and, and they really embrace the underdog role. Yeah, with Brady, I don't know. I think I always see that if if somebody can rush the hell out of him, sure, and get him on his back, like the that's Giants the end did. Of that game. Like the great Al Davis said, the the quarterback must go down, and he must go down hard. Now, i got a funny question for you. If the 2017 Eagles, this Eagles team, if they played the 1980 Eagles, who would win that game? Who's the better team? I don't know, because I'm not sure. You know, I know that that our quarterback didn't have a good backup behind the worst team. Sure, Uh sure. And he and he was older, you know, and his arm wasn't so great. I mean, that's not his fault. Nick Foles has do done anything. a tremendous job for this Eagles team. Yeah. Now, what's your so. what's your favorite story about your father, the the legendary Leonard Toes? I mean, there's so many epic stories. We watched that ESPN Thirty for Thirty. The guy is so interesting. But what's your favorite Leonard Toes story? Well, when we went, we, instead of we went to Brennan's for lunch. Uh, where'd so you go for lunch? Uh, Brad, it's a fancy, fancy, fancy restaurant okay. in uh, New Orleans. Okay. And uh, very, very fancy. So he had all these police motorcycles uh, taking the whole period of who was going up to the, the event. Uh-huh. And so after that, then they all were there with the motorcycles. And there was a motorcycle cave with limos and everything. He and his friends were in the box. So she said, you know, we don't have any room for you. I said, why, aren't I family? Right, right, right. <laughs> he said, no, I got card. I have the Cardinal here. He brought the Cardinal in from Philadelphia, Archbishop. Oh, my God. He spared no expense it, for anything. No, he didn't. It, and he what? brought a lot of security guards and stuff because sure. he felt that they deserved it. Oh, like so a reward. So they were up gotcha. there, and, um, and his girlfriend was up there with the makeup and all the other stuff. Did you get along with and, his girlfriend? Uh, no. Right. Of course no. not. <laughs> no. No. I, I wrote a prenuptial, and then she said to me, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so the players didn't like some of the contracts you wrote up. The the coaches didn't like some of the contracts you wrote up. And uh, your father's girlfriend didn't like the prenuptial contract you wrote yeah. up. Well, that, that, you know, that was, That's awesome. That was, that was, as you know, that would be just not a surprise because most women don't like their children getting involved. Sure. So, Good point. So now the game is over, and the stadium there is there. It is not a good place out there. Right. Not at all. This is after the and Super Bowl in '80. We're talking now in New yeah. Orleans. Yes. They, and they didn't have anybody. So I said to Barney, "This is going to be difficult." So she said, "Why?" I said, "Because this is not. You know, some are drinking too much, and some aren't feeling good, and 
and we were staying at the Sinesta, which was not right around the corner. Okay. It was about 25 minutes away from there. So I said, all right, we have to, let's go out to the parking lot. Maybe I can get somebody to drop us off. So I saw this one that was all painted with eagles, you know, mm-hmm. birds and stuff and names. And so I knocked on his window, and I said, could you do me a favor? Could you drop me off with my daughter um, at Sinesta, and I'll buy you a drink? Right. So they, I, he said, but I don't know if you're going to fit in. I said, why? Because the beer cans were up to the window. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, so not, I had to not sit surprised. on the back seat with two of the drunk players, <laughs> kids that were there right uh, it was funny yeah no it's stuff so it's the I little things you never forget didn't, i didn't say who i was or what i was doing i just said i'd be happy to you know see what i can do right so i asked him for his name and his address and, uh when i got back to the stadium i sent him a force it for uh four passes to uh the game that following game oh wow he must have been he shocked. didn't even know who it was yeah he yeah 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 tell me he thought Santa Claus well, might have dropped that off. That's not how I operate. I operate very quiet. Yeah, no, that's cool. And and I like that. I admire that a lot. Susan, I mean, anything else you want to share with us, feel free. I mean, we're an open book. We uh, we, we like well, uh, breaking know, I, news. Yeah. We like good intel. The, the one thing that surprised me when we were going to, to the event, because I thought, well, they'd have all the playground, and they'd have all the boats, they'd have everything done. Uh, a starting gate out of that and so I figured well he's probably going to have some really good offense so he brought in uh, an old timer who was a very good friend of of the head coach for real right. and you know he, he was probably in his late 80s mid 80s and uh, and, he's, and he's brilliant but it's hard to start changing things sure. very hard but they took a chance on it and I don't know what they're going to be doing with the Patriots you know, Belichick, I never trusted and never will. You think he's a cheater? He is. He yeah. Is. He absolutely is. Do you think he's uh, bad for the league or good for the league? Uh, it, well, it depends on something. So it depends on whether it's, whether it's very obnoxious. And, but, um, and if not, it is. So right. that's, that's what he does. So I guess, you know, Brady's got to do what he has to do. That's right. That's right. I don't know what that thing up with the glove. When did that start out? He apparently hurt his hand in practice. Uh, running back Rex Burkhead uh, in practice apparently ran into his hand, and uh, he had to get about 12 stitches. I guess it was an issue for him, so he decided to wear the glove. Well, it was a big glove, and that's why now he didn't have to pump the thing. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. There's been a lot of controversy around the Patriots over the years. I mean, it's been an unmatched, seemingly unsustainable time uh, of just dominance and constant winning. And it, it, it is questionable. I, it, ra- it raises eyebrows for sure. He's just, he is a very good athlete. And there is some decent. I don't think his team for this Super Bowl is as good as the others. I, I don't either. Because you think about much it, better. Tom Brady's at his oldest. Tom Brady's now 40. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. you should be able to beat a 40-year-old quarterback in, at the end of the season. You know, the Super Bowl. It's been a long season, a lot of hits, stitches on the hand. Yeah. You know, I think the Eagles got a heck of a shot to win this thing, and uh, it would certainly be tremendous for the uh, city 
I just wish uh, your father was the owner when they won it. Yeah, I know. So do I. But it's just the way it goes. And I think that when if they're young, because most of our team is pretty young. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's a young be, team for sure. When, when they get in the stadium and they go, and you could just see they just kind of said, Oh my God! Are we here? Can I? Can we win? Right. Yeah. The Patriots have the experience factor. So, what's your score prediction for the big game, Susan? I don't know. I think it's going to be a tie at some point in time. It's going to be a what? A tie. A tie. A, okay. The so you... scoring. The scoring. Um, I think at halftime they'll probably be close. Very close. Okay. And for for uh, Belichick, and that's one of his really good skills is. They hold back and hold back and try not to use everything as they have. I know. They keep things in their back pocket. They, yeah, and they want to just rip them. So and that, and that's why I don't know what will happen at the end. But uh, if Brady goes down, he's down. Oh, yeah, and they're in trouble if he goes down. But And, and, and Nick Foles has come around, you know, coming around uh, with a couple of different days of stuff. And I think, I think he's a talent, uh, but Carson's very different. Very oh, different. tremendous, tr- tremendous. Uh, Carson he's Wentz is a really, really good athlete. One of the best you'll ever perfect. see at the position, uh, at least in a single season. He was tremendous. Uh, obviously looking forward to seeing Carson Wentz get back on the field for sure. Yeah, right. and he's a tall guy. Oh, he's a, a, he's a physical good. specimen. Yeah, you want a tall quarterback yeah. that can move like that and uh, is accurate yeah. and has all the intangibles. And Nick was never that fast. No, that was, no, Nick's not like that, that athletic, that strong, that accurate. Yeah, no, he's yeah. certainly a backup quarterback, and um, oh, yeah. that's for certain. So, what are you doing out in Vegas with your? What do you do out in Vegas with your time now? I, next time I'm out there, uh, I'm going to take you out for lunch for coming on the show or dinner. We have to uh, link up out there. I uh, I would love to uh, sit down and talk with you. Well, there's lots of uh, kids, high school, and very. In North Las Vegas, very very bad neighborhood. Right. And and I, you know, one day I just drove up when we first got here, and I saw these kids sitting on the curb, and I said, "What are you doing?" And they said, "We're just hanging." Right. I said, "Why don't you Why don't you play football?" Right. Said, we can't. I said, "Why not?" He said, "Because we have to have medical insurance. Oh. And we have to, yeah, four hundred dollars." Oh. Go show up, and and we have to have uh, full physical. So, I said, "Well, wh- where's your coach?" Well, we don't have a coach. Well, can you get a coach? So I started with uh, three different schools, and I started working with each one of them. And I went right to the principals, and I said, "You guys are idiots, total idiots." We, you know, we have a. I can raise the foundation. I can raise the money. Yeah. And and because these kids can't be sitting out because they can't afford it. Right. And um, so we then got like three or four good teams started. But the last one that started was a, a kind of an odd school because they were, they were a different, uh, you know, they, they just, they weren't, they weren't good in academics and, and that they put it, they cramped down on it a lot. Right. But they didn't have to do that. Yes, I think they should have physicals. And I got on the board of a, of a medical school in uh, Henderson and got the coaches to take these kids down for free and get phys- full physicals. 
Right. So that that one was not so difficult. Well, that's a tremendous that's, cause. But, that that's great community work, and uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. The real top kids where they're always getting targeted, and all the coaches would call me like right before midnight to, because I could go online and get a, another medical uh, coverage. Right. And so he said, I don't feel right with this kid. He he's a junior, a senior, and we think he's going to get a, you know, a scholarship. Right. So UNLV. I said, no problem. Just South Carolina, I think. Oh, even so, better. So I got his medical thing, and uh, he said we were doing scrimmage the next day, and I'm worried because these kids are mean and vicious, and they're going to try to tackle him and pile on him. Yeah, they're jealous. They're going to try hurt. to hurt him. Yeah. Yeah, and they did try to hurt him. Sure. So. Hey, football's uh, a war. Yeah. Football's a physical, competitive battle. Yeah. Uh, so you know, he's, he was a big guy, and these are competitive. So, you know, you got to be a competitive guy to play football. So things like that never, never surprised me, Susan. No, it doesn't. It and doesn't. Uh, let and me so, ask you a question now: Do you, Do you ever yeah. go into the casinos in Vegas? Do you ever go on the strip? Do you ever have dinner in the casinos or hit the blackjack table, anything like that? Never. 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 You can't. You can't live in Las Vegas and bet ever. You know what? And, and my just, buddy, my buddy was saying broke. that to me when I was out there. He said, you know what, Mark, you have great self-control in all aspects. You would be perfect living out here because you don't, you don't uh, give in to any temptations. And, uh, yeah, you have to have that to live out there, huh, Susan? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I could, you, could, you don't have to be in the casinos to get the action because the action's nice out here. Yeah, no so, question. And, uh, and I'm always fighting with the school district now. Right. Now i got more fights than I had before because they are – miserable and i hate them wow because they don't want to take care of these kids and there seems to be no reason why this is going on and that's why we don't have a lot of football that's really interesting to hear i um i'm really pulling for you because uh, we need more football we need to keep the sport alive you know people talk about the war on football trying to end high school football so you know maybe there's something behind the scenes going on uh, some backroom deals, you know, with schools. Hey, get rid of your football program, and we'll give you this instead. Who knows? I'm sure that happened. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, Susan, we don't want to take up any more of your time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciated you having you on the mark. I look forward to talking to you again soon. And I'll keep my fingers crossed for those guys who can fly. <laughs> yeah, the, the Philadelphia fans. They're going to have to. The Eagles fans, our listeners, want this Super Bowl, and they want it bad, and we, we totally hope they get it too. Yeah, we will. I think it'll be – I think it'll be – it, sometimes it's just luck, you know, and sometimes oh, it's you need, the ball. That's right. That's right. And I think fortune is on their side. It's not gonna get, yeah, it oh. is. I think they, will, they really want to do it hard. They and do. I don't know whether – you know, maybe there's four players that, you know, are really – difficult because they really are trying hard but that's it you don't have a big team in, in the Patriots at all and good defense at all yeah yeah they can be had the pay they're nothing like uh some of the teams of the past but they still got yeah. Belichick they still got Brady so you know what that means they still got a shot oh yeah all right Susan I will talk to you soon bye-bye thanks Mark bye yeah you know Ben the first female GM in NFL history that's a pretty big deal man especially in today's day and age where we're constantly seem to be discussing equality and whatnot throughout the sports world. 
Uh, Susan Spencer, I, I think it's safe to say, ahead of her time. GM from 82 to 85 for her father. You know, general manager, that's the type of position people dream about having, Benny. Yeah, I mean, it was always my dream to be a GM, not necessarily a football team, but a baseball or hockey team. But either way, a GM is a GM, and that's a great position. It's amazing that, you know, she was able to work her way up to that because she definitely deserved the position for sure, and she did a great job when she was there. She really cleaned up their books, Marky. Yeah, that was the that was the task uh, at hand, and uh, she straightened that out. I think there was a lot of resentment because of that. But, hey, with those type of burdens at hand, and when you got to right the ship, uh, not everybody's going to be happy. Exactly, man. Sometimes you got to cut certain people. Sometimes you got to cut out people's friends. And, you know, there's going to be hard feelings along the way, but you can't really care about that, especially when your main priority is cleaning up the books and making money. I mean, especially after you hear about how much money they spent just to tra- make people travel with the team and bring people, like she said, d- uh, that they didn't even know. I know, I know. Uh, paying insane amounts. You know, and... um you got to trim the fat. It's that simple. To run a good business, any business, any field, sometimes you have to trim the fat. She had to drain the swamp, right, babe? It's all about draining the swamp. Absolutely. Uh, Looking forward to potentially getting out to Vegas and uh, hanging with her out there. Oh, it'd be great. It'd be great to meet up, and we owe her one. We really do. uh, For sure. At least one. There's no question. There's no question. All right, Benny, let's get into our uh, interview with our next guest. Oakland Tribune, Contra Costa Times veteran, Raiders guru, Steve Corcoran. Benny, you're flagging me down over here. What's going on? Yeah, Marky, we actually got Marnie Schneider on the line. Uh, she wanted to say hi. She wanted to make her prediction for the Super Bowl and come on real quick. You want to talk to her? Uh, I love Marnie, dear friend of the show, and uh, I would absolutely love to talk about her. Patch her on in, Benny. Yeah, I thought you would. Here she is. Marnie, how you doing? Were you talking to my mom yeah, Marnie, we had about a 40-minute uh, phone call. She is so funny. She's awesome. And guess what? She's got oh, some interesting yeah. hot takes. She's got some uh, – She she's tough. Yeah, she's and, tough. And I like that. That, that. She actually reminds me of uh, my grandmother a little bit, so I really f- felt comfortable <laughs> with her and really uh, like talking to her. She's interesting, to say the least. Yeah, she definitely is. She's calling me. Of course she's calling me now. Well, good. Well, I'm glad that, you know, you guys got to speak. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was good stuff. I mean, I love this for Philadelphia. This, I was at the game the other night, and I will tell you this. Like, I was emotionally, you know, choked up because this is so great for the city of Philadelphia. Philly is a great – I mean, my, I wrote a book about Philadelphia because I love it so much. Now, I'm going to be doing a bunch of other books for all the other cities, so I love them too. I love football fans. Football fans, to me – are the great, like, they're great people because they actually have something that excites them and that is interesting to them. Yes. And, they love, and I love football. It's really the great, it's a great game. It's the greatest it's team great sport. family, you know? Yeah, it really is. It really is. And I really, you know, and, I, and football has brought many things. You know, without football, there would be no Ronald McDonald House. Because right. in 1974, when my grandfather owned the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, he had the team. He will fly for leukemia. He used that to kind of create this awareness for childhood leukemia. And then my grandfather said, well, no one's going to stay at the Leonard Toes house. I can't even get right. my wife to stay there. So <laughs> the Ronald- <laughs> I can't even get her to stay. Yeah. So it should be the Ronald McDonald house. Yeah. No one's staying at the Leonard Toes house. Right, right, Not right. even the woman that I'm married to. Right. Um, so, uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. That, 
That's true. Um, <laughs> that uh, it's very funny, but it's very true. So um, that uh, that that's why he went to Ray Kroc and said, you know, you should put your name on this and make this into you know your thing because wow. kids love McDonald's. So yeah. your grandfather was friends with Ray Kroc. Yeah. What? I just watched the movie The Founder with Michael Keaton and learned all about Ray Kroc. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that. So that's McDonald's, how the Ronald. Mc... The first, yeah, the first McDonald's to ever be in a hospital is Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. That's interesting. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. Now, Marnie, you were at the NFC Championship game at the Link. I wish you let me know. I wasn't far. We could have met up, but that's okay. I know how busy you are. You're yeah. going to be at the Super Bowl in uh, Minneapolis. Yeah. What's your yeah. uh, prediction for this Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl? You know, it doesn't – well, I don't really know the score. I haven't really thought about the actual scores yet, but I just know the Eagles are going to win. I, I know. I, I'm convinced, Mark. There's no way. I mean, as great as Bill Belichick is, I think this Eagles team is so – this is this is it. I mean, they're going to bring the Lombardi to Philadelphia. It's time. It's going to happen. I feel it. I know it. I can't wait to be there to watch it happen for Philadelphia. I mean, it's just going to be so great. The city really deserves it. They did a great job hosting the NFL draft last year. That's it's a good time point. time for Philadelphia. I mean, this is their reward. I mean, Philly's really been so patient and hung in there, and they, they're – it's a great town. I mean, it's a great city, Philadelphia, and the best fans, just the best fans. Now, now, what if I played devil's advocate with you here, and I said, Marnie, okay. and I said, Marnie, that's that's all well and good, and it's all very true, but football has nothing to do with deserving. It has to do with who goes out there and gets it. So when those two teams take the field, do you think the Eagles are are going to beat the Patriots? Doug Peterson. Yes. In year two yeah. against Bill Belichick now, Tom Brady now, do you think they're gonna they're gonna get him? Oh, it's gonna be it's not gonna be pretty. Okay, I will say this: this is gonna be as gritty as they come. I mean, I'm this is gonna be a a, a, a bang bang play, whatever it is, a shoot 'em up. This is gonna be a really gritty. You do not leave this game feeling uh, you're gonna. It's going to be a tough one, but the Eagles are going to win. So you you definitely think it's going to be a close game? Yes, I, I definitely I think do it's going to be a close. Yeah, I, I definitely think too. it's going to be a close game. I definitely think it's going to be a very competitive game. I think that you know, right now the Eagles have you know they've been obviously the best way to beat the Patriots is to be a student of Bill Belichick. And the good news is they've got you know two players that were students. Of, of Bill Belichick. They've got Chris Long and LeGarrette Blount. And That's so right. they can actually, no, they can actually, you know, really add a lot of value to the, you know, to the whole playbook. But one of the things that, you know, at the end of the game in 1981, they said, Coach, what happened? You were a better team. You were better, you know, better all season. The Raiders were a wild card, a journeyman quarterback. What happened? And, and, and this is really something that I try to do for my life. Dick Vermeil said, at the beginning of the season, I wrote a game plan that said, get to the Super Bowl. But it was flawed. And everyone's like, what? Flawed? Huh? You got there. He's like, yeah. It needed to say win. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Win the Super Bowl. So, so, you have to set yeah, the bar and, and, so damn high when you run a business. When you run an organization, you have to set the bar high at the highest level. Yeah. 
And yeah, uh, yeah he, he he was right. He caught he caught his words too late almost. So you know, but nobody thought big like that. Like it seemed the only one that ever did that was Joe Namath. Joe Namath guaranteed a win. Yeah, he did. He, he guaranteed did. it. You know, he put his ass right on the line. Yes. And Dick Vermeil, you know, as great as he was, he's got a like his the inner the inner voice in him is like, oh, that's too big. Where I I don't want to boast like that. But yeah. you know what? You've got to. Sometimes you just got to, and that's it, you know, and that was really ultimately. And then one of my favorite stories, and I probably said this before, is that sometimes, unfortunately, the answer is no. You know, my grandfather was a huge supporter of the Catholic Church and had, you know, paid for the Pope to come to the United States right. in 1980. And brought the Cardinal of Philadelphia of down to the Super Bowl in 80, right? Ex- yeah, yes, exactly, yeah. And, and he, you know, Cardinal Kroll was there, and, and at halftime he said to the Cardinal, I think you need the bigger beat. And then at the end of the game, he said to the Cardinal, what happened? I've, you know, donated millions of dollars. The Pope came to see you. Like, what was up with that? And he's like, Leonard, you know, I had many conversations with God about this, like you had told me to do. Yeah. And he said, you know what he said? My grandpa was like, what? He said, he said, no. I'm like, oh, well, that's not good, but that's what it was. So, that's insane. I mean, ultimately. That's so funny. Yeah. You know, and sometimes the answer is the answer is no. This year, I believe, you know, the answer is going to be yes. Yeah, I, I believe that. Look, there, there's I a it. there's a ton of positive energy, a ton of momentum. Uh, they've embraced the underdog role. They're playing great team football, but uh, yep. you know, the Patriots always play great team football. And you know, they got like I keep saying, they got Brady and Belichick. I I I, I can see a path for the Eagles to win this game. Of course, I can. And uh, I, I do see the storybook aspect. It's just those Patriots, man. There's something else. So you... oh, look, the Patriots are, you know, they're a very unusual. They're very unusual. It doesn't. Yep. They're not. It's just an unusual combination of of hard work and tenacity and skill and you know just relentless. They're just relentless. I they mean, are. They, are relentless. They're and, scary. And so well prepared and they adjust on the fly and uh, they adapt and so many players that are can, can fill different holes when guys get hurt. I mean, they're just tremendous. So we're going to see what happens. It would be a, yeah. it would be a beautiful thing for the Eagles to bring this thing back and I could see it happening. Certainly can. But I have you down. Yeah. I have you down as predicting an Eagles win in a close game. A close game. Yeah, it will be a close game. And look, you know, America wants to see a close game. We want to see that. That's like the best we, you know, that's what we love about live about sports. Is that sure. like movies are boring to me because I know, because after working in Hollywood, that it's usually such a, a different version of actually what the script is. Oh, somebody yeah. went in there, they had a focus group, they re-edited it, they re-looped it, they rewrote it, they redid it, they relit it, whatever. Now not that's interesting. Sports, better, you know, yeah. So I see a movie and I'm like, oh, I can tell that that's not the real. They had to redo that. That focus group came in there and said, oh, this movie's boring. Or now this, that, this see, this, is, this Hollywood whatever. stuff is interesting to me. Okay, Marn, we'll uh, we'll talk soon. You know, we stay in touch, so we'll talk and have so much fun in Minnesota. Stay warm, and please tell your uh, mom, you know, all the positive things I think about her and thank her uh, for coming on the show. She 
she's an incredibly cool woman. I said, look, when I'm in Vegas, I got to take you out for lunch or something. I owe you. She just laughed, you know, but I, yeah. I was serious. I would. Yeah. I would love to meet her. But uh, all right, Marn, have a great day. Enjoy your weekend and have fun in uh, Minneapolis. Okay. Thanks, Mark. All right. All right. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Okay. Later. All right, bye-bye. Benny, that was a pleasant surprise. I always like talking to Marnie. She's always she she's always doing something good, something productive, something great for the community, and I really admire that. Oh, absolutely. She's good people, man. I love her. She's great. Absolutely, and you know she's going to have a ball up at the Super Bowl. Marky, speaking about someone we owe a nice lunch or dinner to, Marnie, right on that list, probably the top of it. Yeah, well, next time I'm out in L.A., I'm, uh, I'm going to take care of that for sure. We uh, certainly owe her big time. For sure. And now, Steve Corcoran is on the Skyfall Hotline. Steve, how you doing, man? Mark, what is shaking, kid? Uh, not much. You know, no better guy to talk to Super going into Super Bowl week than you. How you been? I am, I am doing well, thanks. Funny story, Steve. We just got off the phone with former Eagles GM Susan Spencer. She was uh, Leonard Toza's daughter. She assumed the GM role from uh, 83 to 85. A lot of connections within the league. And she dropped a major league bombshell on me and on us. Uh, She said that Mark Davis really isn't the owner of the Raiders. And that absolutely blew my mind. I mean, is is that substantiated? What do you think of that? Well, it depends what, I mean, it depends how far you want to take this. And if you want to uh, split hairs, I guess, for lack of a better word, is that the way it's set up, uh, technically, Mark Davis's title is managing general partner. And so the way it has been set up, and uh, boy, I haven't had the need to dig into it of late, but just to give you background on it, that when Al Davis was alive and when, boy, I don't know how far you want to take this. Now that I brought up Al's name, Al initially was given one share back in, in the 60s as a job well done when he was a coach and uh, GM and all that stuff. And he made a couple power moves and he parlayed that into forcing out one of the two main owners. And then he began to accumulate shares and as uh, shareholders began to die off, and we're mostly talking about the male figures of the relationship, uh, it, they would sign over the rights to Al to represent them. So it got to the point where, the way I understand it, Al um, had the sole say over everything that happened. With so, the team. Okay. So he was and, accumulating power through other uh, owners passing away. Correct. Well, yeah, the part of the owner. So, like, say if uh, you were an owner, you your wife, and you passed away, well, your wife would just say, I, I don't know anything about the team. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Just send me my dividends and my, uh, you know, keep things running well. But, I will sign over my one ninth or one eighth or one fourth, whatever it might have been, and you vote for me. You have my power. So Al got to the point where he was the sole person. He was the one that was able to uh, make the moves. He decided what happened with franchise. And at his peak, again, I'm just ballparking it. Al Davis, 
I don't think he ever owned more than 60% of the shares. Interesting. Um, Interesting. And, uh, boy, I have some of the details in my book, but back in the, uh, oh, probably around 2007 or so, I was having uh, a cash problems, and he sold about, uh, I believe it was 20% of the team to um, some investors, and they wound up having stake in the team, and I think they still do, but have no say over everything. So they're like silent partners, but Al did that so he could get the cash, but he was shrewd enough to keep control of the team, and he always has. And so Mark has inherited that, and um, I don't – again, I haven't had the need to – uh, double check everything. I don't know how much Mark owns now, but it's right around fifty percent. Okay. And, and, and Mark and Al had a, a like a almost a terrible relationship, from what I'm hearing. Does that sound accurate to you? Uh, well, I, you know it it was all over the map over the years. Um, I didn't witness a lot of it. Mark really didn't come around the team till about that time, 2007, which kind of signaled to a lot of people that Al's health was deteriorating because Al, yeah, because Al, you know, because if Al would have welcomed Mark or whoever else in to say, Hey, it's about time that I uh, better let you in on how this thing's run here. It would have been tantamount to admitting it, you know, that he was mortal and Al was not going to do that because that was the one thing he was convinced that if he just gave it enough time and enough effort and money and uh, all of that, if he lived for long enough that we would come up, we as a human race would come up with a way to uh, live forever. Yeah. And, um, and it just in He had an know, unbe- he watched... he had unbelievable fascination with mortality. Yes, yes. And he was, uh, you know, he was – bolstered by the fact or you know heartened by the fact that his mom lived to 103 and so in so in his mind it's like see yeah i'm guaranteed to live at least to 100 so i've got more time for us to figure this thing out and so i kind of wrote in the book you know that death became the one opponent that if you gave al enough time resources and uh, personnel money film he would find a way to beat the Steelers and he did he would find he would find a way to beat the Patriots but he could never beat the one thing that it kept him awake and you know bothered him and it was death yeah and you know what's so fascinating about that after reading your book you know part of me wonders if Al was just totally full of shit I mean if you want to make it to 102 I mean wasn't a regular part of his diet french fries chocolate cake and soda oh sure I mean you know so I mean, you got to know that that's not uh, conducive to being the healthiest uh, you can possibly be. Yeah, but he kind of talked himself in, you know, into these weird little things like, hey, I, you know, I have fries and I like shakes and I go down the fat, fat burger, burger and, right? you know, I have all of this. But if you want to come here, if you want to come in this room here, you will see that, at, you know, at the Nap Marriott, I don't have one room. I have two. One room where I live and in the the other room if you open your eyes here if I pull back the curtain I've got my weights set up yeah and I work out I'm 80 but I'm still lifting weights yeah 
is that's the way he was. I mean, he prided himself on that. He didn't lift a lot of weight, but he, you know, I can tell you stories about the times that uh, we would go on the road, and I know guys that part of their job was to uh, have the weight sent ahead of them and to make sure they were set up when we got into Philadelphia, we got into wherever. I mean, that, that's outrageous. Man. It's funny. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting. I mean, you know, and if you're super rich and have that type, those type of people working yeah. under you and, uh, you know, of course that can be arranged. It's just, it's just strange in, in, a, in a way as well. Uh, so now, he had a great, he had a great line to Sam Farmer. Do you know that name? From Sam Los Farmer Angeles from Times. the Los Angeles times. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He's a good friend and he covered the Raiders with me back in the nineties. So, uh, he was with the San Jose news at the time. And, um, and Sam asked him about that once. Uh, Sam asked him, said, Mr. Davis, he goes, I see that you were in the gym because when we were at the Marriott up there for camp, we w- mingled with regular guests and there was media and there was the team, fans, players. And so if you went into the local gym at the Marriott, you might run into Al. Not really, but back in the 90s, Al would occasionally, he would go in there and uh, Sam um, happened to catch Al as he was going back to his room once and the door was open and he saw in there and saw the weights. He goes, oh, Mr. Davis, I uh, see that you're hitting the weights. Keep in shape. And Al just kind of paused and uh, he gave him in the Brooklyn accent said, it's tough staying buffed at my age. And it was just a <laughs> crack of, because you looked at the bar and there's about 30 pounds on the bar. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, he, yeah. you know, so he was a but he loved to work out, loved to get in his own. Uh, and I have a little thing in the book that he even had his own kind of weights made for him, his own kind of machines and all that. So Yeah, was, in fact, I remember reading that. Uh, look, an eccentric, fascinating guy, to say the least. Yeah. Um, now, it's fast forward a little bit to, to John Gruden's return to the Raiders. Uh, obviously, uh, I'm thrilled about it as a Raiders fan, and as are all the Raiders fans. Uh, if you had to put like some type of immediate prediction, like uh, regarding the off season, uh, you know, uh, wh- wh- how do you see this thing unfolding out of the gate? Um, I think what you're going to see is that these uh, players are going to be shocked, and by shocked, I mean that they're going to be shocked by what they see and what they experience, and it's going to be a shock to the system at the energy, the pace, the detail, the enthusiasm from Gruden is that he is a guy that walks around the building and he gets you to want to jump in to roll up sleeves. And that's part of his genius is that for all his flaws and he is flawed. I mean, he's got a track history. He has problems. You know, he doesn't develop quarterbacks. He's not a great drafter. Um, So, But, you know, the one thing that you can't fault him for, you won't ever have anything where you say, oh, you know, there's a problem, you know, with the coach and the GM or the coach and the assistant coaches or the players don't like him. Is that He is a guy that will get you believing that you're better than you are, you're going to work harder, so on and so forth. But still, when you get down to it, and I did a piece on this a couple weeks ago, I said, folks – I said, if you want to know what's going on here, I said, you need to look back at the roster that he left. At the last year he was coach of the Raiders, the year before they went to the Super Bowl. I said, a lot of people 
forget that that was a loaded roster. Yeah. And yeah. so I did a side I did a side by side comparison. I said I'm going to try to be as objective as I can, and I'm going to see who I would give the edge to at all the positions. And I the punter and the kicker. And it wound up that I gave the edge 16 of the 24 to the 2001 roster, six for this roster, and uh, two of them I had a push. I said so. That just goes to show that he's not taking over the team that he left. And yes, it's a team that went 12 and four a couple of years ago, but this team is flawed. It 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 doesn't have as much talent as people think it does. Yeah, um, I know. I totally agree. And you know, the one thing that I ask people to do is I say, watch the Super Bowl, watch the Eagles, and that's great that we're talking here since you're out there. And I said, watch a team like the Eagles, I said, and then watch the Raiders. I said, the first thing that you want to look for is impact players on defense. And Al, one of the things that Al loved was that he wanted to get pressure on the quarterback with four people. He didn't want to blitz ever. Right. And if you were a defensive coordinator or the coach, whoever was calling for a blitz, it had better work. Or else you knew that Al would be waiting for you in the tunnel. It didn't matter if the Raiders won or not. He would want to know why in the hell did you call that blitz? Right, right, right. Is that he, is that he wanted four guys up front who could get consistent pressure on the quarterback. He wanted two cornerbacks who could cover man-to-man. And then the rest were kind of left to, uh, you know, to take care of the rest of the uh, field. And um, so if you look at the Raiders, I'd say that's where you have to begin. So they've got Khalil Mack. They got the Bruce Servant and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, I mean, I kind of like Mario Edwards, but uh, he was invisible at times. Impact player. And by that, I mean that he's going to be out there. You know, he's going to be out there. And he has the ability, he's got the history, he's got the knack to who can change the complexion of a game at any time. Absolutely. And when you look at the Eagles, they're loaded with them. Yeah, and, and you and, know what else, Quirk, that sticks out to the Eagles about uh, for me? Uh, the depth. They, they've overcome a ton of injuries this year, exactly. and right. they oh, still God. win. And that's the sign of a well-coached team, a well-put-together team, and just a, a good team. Uh, the Raiders, they don't when they lose guys, it becomes an excuse, uh, yep. and it's it, it's it is what it is. The good teams overcome that, and the Eagles have overcome that in multiple different position groups. And uh, you know, I keep going back and forth in my head who I like to win this game. Uh, I know it's a little early yet, but Cork, who who do you like to win this Super Bowl? Um. I'm in that camp that it's reached a point where who is anyone to bet against the uh, Pats, right? right. And, but I have two thoughts on it that are a little different. Well, one that's different. One is the same, you know, that I've had from way back in the Bill Walsh years is that you learned early on, if you weren't sure who was going to win a game, if you were – Talking about a game where a Bill Walsh coach team, a Bill Parcells coach team, had an extra week to prepare. Mm-hmm. It, it, there, it, there's no decision there. Yeah. And so you've got Belichick, and I loved it. As soon as the week began, he goes, "Boy, we don't know that much about the Eagles. We got a lot of catching up to do." Well, guess what? 
you got an extra week and you've had sure. guys on the Eagles for the past month. They know plenty about the Eagles is that he is going to, he's going to throw things at the Eagles that they haven't seen all year. Yeah. It, it, that's just what happens. Now the counter is kind of what we just talked about. The only reason I would entertain the Eagles winning, especially Foles out there, that's kind of makes it even harder, but um, totally is that they are able to get pressure on the quarterback with four, which gives the Eagles a lot of uh, extra men back mm-hmm. there. The most teams have to, uh, to watch guys and it, they're able to not only to get pressure, but to hit the quarterback. Brady does not like to get hit. He does not even like guys at his feet. Right. And if you go back and watch the Giants games or the games he lost, watch the Dolphins games this year. Go back a month when they got the crap beat out of him. Yeah, they Why? were getting after him. And Dama can sue because Cameron, Cameron Wake. Wake and yep. Sue and those guys, mm-hmm. you don't have to sack him. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like Derek Carr. Yeah. Carr has kind of lapsed in that. If you get him off spot and at the slightest hint of pressure, it, they just don't like it. And mm-hmm. no quarterback likes it, but I mean that these guys really get bothered by it and are out of their game. Yeah, it totally throws off their accuracy. Now, on the other end of that, I will say this. Uh, Doug Peterson, obviously from the Andy Reid school, and Andy's Chiefs handled the Patriots very nicely week one. And the Patriots had weeks to prepare going into the season. I mean, I know week one is much different than Super Bowl week. But, you know, uh, Belichick had some time to prepare for Andy, and, man, the the Chiefs came out firing. And, and, you know, after the Chiefs won that game, people thought they were going to the Super Bowl. Oh, I did too. And – but I also thought that they were before that game. I said that's the best roster in the NFL. But you know just... what, Cork, from having so yeah. much experience watching Andy Reid teams, I just knew. <clears throat> yep, this is what he'll do early in the season yep. and throughout. They oh, it's the Marty Schottenheimer thing, man. Tremendous I was regular season. Just se- going to mention that tremendous uh, that's a great regu- call. Yep, and you just knew they were for some reason weren't going to win in the playoffs. The other guy that I lump in that, Jim Mora. Yep. Just good enough to get you relevant yep. and to get you out of your funk and to turn it around and to uh, go 10 and 6. But yep. something's going to happen. That's as far as they can take you. Maybe even like a Dan Reeves going back a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And sure. uh, mm-hmm. Del Rio didn't get there enough, but it's kind of like a Del Rio thing, too. I mean, what, he's been a coach in the NFL for how many years? 12, and he's only won, what, one playoff most game? Games coached, most games coached in NFL history without winning a division title. And if this doesn't tell you all you need to know, the Giants passed on him for the defensive coordinator position. They went in, in a different direction. I mean, you know. You- I kind of wonder about that, though. I kind of wonder if that wasn't the agent. It just kind of put a name out there like, hey, man, uh, this guy's going to bounce point. back because – Keep in mind that when you have a guy like that, I call it Mariucci effect. Yeah. When you're two years into a five-year deal that pays you $5 million a year guaranteed, not too bad to get fired and go, boy, you know what? I'm going to get to know my kids. I'm going to go watch my son play at the University of Florida. I'm going to uh, reconnect with my wife. I'm going to yeah. pull some weeds. I'm going to put up some Christmas lights. And I'll come back in about a year and you use that year to kind of recharge the batteries, uh, put out the word that, hey, I'm out this year, but if anything happens in the next year, 
you give me a call. I'm going to jump back into it. And then you also have a little bit of time to go over the offers and there's multiple offers out there. Now it's kind of late in the game and he's probably pissed off for a week or two and he wasn't answering his phone. So I don't think he'll get back to shoot. And that USC job might be available for him, something like that in the college. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So I see that yeah. as a fit. I don't. Jack's not a uh, a guy I would want running my team, to be honest. He's just yeah. we know what right. he is now. The lit, the, the experiment has been run. The experiment ran yeah. its course. He was given ample opportunity, more than most. And uh, man, he he just never got it done. And we're not saying he's not a great guy. The whole nine sure. yards, right. but yeah. uh, you know, the lip service got him. Uh, Got him a long career, man. These these guys are propaganda kings. They defend yes, themselves like politicians do. And, uh, yep. you know, the ones who could do it the best were uh, the ones that actually know how to win last the longest. Yes, and it'll get him another job. I it, don't know it, if it'll it, it be will. a head coaching gig, but it'll get him another nice job. And uh, it'll get him another, him. frankly, it'll get him another dream job that others fa- only fantasize about getting. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a giant fraternity. How yes, uh, it is. Now, how has the as the uh, snake pit doing for you? It is doing well. Bill Williamson and I, we've uh, probably combined. We've covered the NFL for oh, probably closing in fifty years, and uh, most of that covered Raiders as well. And so we decided to uh, pool our knowledge and our efforts, and um, and yeah, it's going well. While the other uh, Papers and sites are kind of decompressing and uh, not writing. We're putting up five posts a day to let people know that, hey, we're here. We're going to, as you love, and we'll get you involved also, is that what we want to do is not pass along to you. And, I mean, let's just call it what it is, lies. Exactly. You know, these The coaches, uh, they, you know, they put out lies in the PR department perpetrates them and and, and the, we pl- become and the players even perpetrate them yep exactly and we become complicit as media members when we go well you know it's the only thing he said it's what they gave me and it's the coach it's the one thing the coach said so i have so i have to use it so we got to the point where we said no you don't because now we're part of the lie yeah. so i said one of the things that you hear a lot from fans not just here, but uh, but I know that with the Raiders this year, with the team going south and the you know the wheels coming up, was why, how, and all that thing, and no one was answering it. If you go back and uh, uh, Khalil Mack, Cooper, and Lynch the whole year, but first two guys uh, later in the year quit talking. Yeah, so you had the leaders of you had the leaders of the team who just got so frustrated or learn that you know there aren't any repercussions well that's okay if if you don't want to talk to the media but you need to realize that you are saying that you feel that you don't owe the fans any explanation yeah no so yeah they don't they feel like they don't owe an explanation there's no repercussions and then you get that disconnect now my my question is this you know how you're talking about journalists reporters and they feel like the the need to pass along the information mm-hmm. is that that these guys maybe are fresh out of school or whatever and they're not analytical enough to what's really going on they're just looking to almost be a word processor they're not looking to really analyze and break down that can be part of it but i've also 
I, I mean, I've been there before where you feel it's like, uh, well, boy, my job is to stand in the locker room for an hour for media access. And if the best that we can do is to let the league know that Marshawn Lynch won't come in the locker room, <laughs> Rolanda McLean, and oh, at God. some point, you know, they might get fined uh, 25000 but by and large, the team shields them and the – PR department's afraid of these players because these players yell at them too. And then you get the point. It's like, well, then there's someone else to talk to. And it's like, well, look, you know, the league makes it clear to these players and the coaches, everybody, that your job is to be in the locker room for one hour a day when there's practice and after the game, uh, and you have to be available that entire hour. You can't have lunch. You can't have workouts. You can't have training. You, you're available to the media, which is the same thing as saying you are talking to the fans who are buying the tickets, your jerseys, and anything else, uh, direct TV, yep. uh, and, yep. and, and want to know what the hell is going on. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's – not that hard to answer a couple of questions. Say, hey, look, you know, we're a bit off. We're uh, out of sync. We're not meshing. Whatever. Give them something. I know. But but it's gotten to the point, and I kind of blame it on Bill Belichick and uh, Bill Parcells is because Parcells was the leader of this in that he wouldn't talk about injuries. He would kind of bully the media, and they would back down. And then as soon as he won – Belichick was part of his staff. Peyton was part of his staff. Nick Saban. Then it became, exactly. And so it, then it became, well, part of how you win is you control the message. You control media. And now you have enough of these guys. It's, it is spreading out. Now Peyton's won Super Bowl. Belichick's won him on his own. Is that you have all of these guys now who control the message. And it gets out. And yeah. so I think that's where it's at now. And it's uh, – Right now, it's incumbent upon the NFL to say, hey, look, we're not telling you again. You have to talk. We aren't going to wait till we get a call from the media saying, boy, Marshawn Lynch spoke once last year. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that was a He's joke. He's a leading rusher. He's from Oakland. And, and it was goofball talk. It wasn't anything real. There right. was no meat to it. Right. It, was, it was goofy talk. It was stupid talk. And, uh, yeah, right. you know, and I just look, I watched because I remember watching it. I just kind of looked, shook my head. Yeah, that was kind of what I expected kind of deal. Because I knew his reputation out in Seattle. Right. Uh, I wasn't sure. shocked to say the least. Yeah, no, it's, uh, but I I'm, don't know. I would like to see it uh, change. But anyhow, that's our response to that. Totally. Bill and I said that we can actually say, here's what Jack Del Rio said. But here's what he actually means, and here's what you should know. Yes. And so we tell the unvarnished truth and let the reader decide. And so the uh, so reaction's been positive there, uh, and any... the response has been, finally, yes. someone is telling me what's actually happening and not what I want to hear. Any real so... Raiders fan out there that wants to know about this team, 365, and wants to cut through the – the national media nonsense and get the real deal uh, has to subscribe to the snake pit, man. It, it's the bottom line. It's uh, it's a must have for real Raiders fans. 
Man, I appreciate that, Mark. That's nice. Yeah, Steve, I know you're probably out of time now. We yeah, uh, really no, appreciate you joining run, yeah. us on the mark, man. Yeah, it, awesome hey, stuff. I, Cannot wait to bring you back on. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. And you got to, I got to remind, did tell you, uh, uh, we got a couple minutes of my story about how I wind up, wound up spending a week in uh, the house of Doug Peterson's wife last summer, and oh. he actually came home. Oh, it's- Cork, we need that for this show. That sounds awesome. So did Doug well, Peterson the- think you were sleeping with his wife? <laughs> <laughs> I was. If they actually came home, and he was home, and I and I was supposed to meet him. My brother-in-law wanted me to meet him because he grew up across the street. Isn't he a Louisiana guy? Yes, Monroe, Louisiana. So my brother-in-law, I was down there helping him move out his uh, parents, and uh, they didn't have enough room for us to stay. So Peterson's wife's uh, wife's parents said, "Hey, come stay here." I didn't even know him, so I met his <laughs> I met his in-laws, and uh, they were three and zero at the time and had the bye week. Okay, and he was down there because his father. Had passed away in the middle of training camp and so they yeah, and so they that. said well look yeah so they said we'll wait till the bye week we'll have the service so he was there that weekend and uh yeah so i was pretty wild i'm thinking oh my god is what are the odds of this yeah slim chances was i'm sure he seems like a great guy i haven't met him yet but i we know well, he... i didn't meet him oh no i didn't meet him because he came into town after the service he came to the house uh and he was supposed to uh be there the next day and he left in the middle of the night he, he got there late and said man i'm whipped i'm heading back yeah sure uh well hey he's done a hell of a job with the eagles uh, that, yeah. that's a funny nope. story yeah like you said what are the chances of that uh yeah, bizarre so absolutely. all right man i gotta Steve, run here. yeah we will talk soon man thank you so much all right perfect all right, well later. thanks mark you we'll got talk to you soon you know what, man? You know what I uh, respect so much about Cork? He, his main goal, man, he wants to cut through the bullshit. And uh, so much stuff with the media today is fluff and useless information and fake news and nonsense. Cork likes to cut straight through the bullshit. I admire that so much. He followed the last, like, um, truly strong years for the Raiders. He's a wealth of knowledge, and he knows this league, too. It's, it's evident, Benny. That's 100% Marky. I love genuine people. I'm right there with you. Cork is up there as one of the most genuine people out there. You got to respect his opinion. And, I mean, he really cleared up. We broke a story earlier about Al Davis, and he somewhat cleared up that breaking story. Yeah. So uh, how many times can you get that? And all the pieces kind of fit. It fits perfectly. It makes perfect sense. It does, and it's intriguing. And frankly, folks, you're not going to find that type of information on an ESPN. You're not going to find that type of information on a bar stool or a Fox News, for that matter. That's Uh, true. FS News. That's true. You know, you're not going to find CBS Sports Network, NFL Network. You're not getting that stuff. We're putting in the premium work. This is, uh, you know, gang, we we appreciate our VIP listeners. We have our niche following, and uh, I hope we're giving back to you in some way. It's uh, it's fascinating stuff, Ben. It's a little gold mine once you find it, Mark. And it just keeps paying you back in dividends. Now, speaking of gold, the Super Bowl, right here, right now, we're there. What the hell is your formal prediction, man? Uh, my formal prediction, it's tough. 
it's so hard to go against Tom Brady, and I love this Eagles team this year, and I think they built up this great underdog bubble that they rode all the way to the Super Bowl, and it was a great ride, and they should be thrilled about it. Yeah. People thought it was going to be 500 season at best sometimes. Sure. A lot I of 8-8, eight eight, a lot of 9-7, oh, and seven. I'll take 9-7, and seven. a lot of that talk. I think this is going to be unpopular in the city of Philadelphia. Philly gets absolutely steamrolled in this. I'm calling about 41 to 7, Mark. An old school Super Bowl where they used to get those blowouts. I think it's a blowout. I think it's reminiscent of Seattle, Denver a few years ago. Yeah. And I hate to say it, I hope Philly plays a close game. I'd love to see it close. I'd love to see them bring it back. Yeah. But I just don't see it happening. I see Tom Brady getting that sixth Super Bowl. I see Tom Brady maybe in his last Super Bowl having in a shining moment. He's never blown out a team like that. Maybe he retires Bowl. off of this. I don't think he retires, but I think the AFC is getting very tough with quarterbacks. I think the NFC is very tough with young quarterbacks. And I think this is his last Super Bowl Yeah. when it's all said and done. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there, man. 40 years old, that's no joke. He doesn't like to get hit now. He's not going to like to get hit when he's 41, 42, 43. Yeah. Uh, I weirdly feel like there's an outside chance if he wins it, he retires. Now, earlier uh, on part one of the Grandioso, I said 27-24 Pats. Since then, a little, new, a little more intel, a little more wavering, a little more, you know, letting this whole scenario play out. And I'm going here, Benny, and this is going to surprise you. I'm going Eagles 24, Patriots 17. Wow, look at you. Yeah, man, you know, I, I got to get these Philly fans on my side, man. I hope I'm right. I hope you're right, too, in all honesty. I hope I'm wrong. I know, I know, you, and, and you genuinely do hope you're wrong. I get paid either way, and I, I'd love to see Philly finally bring home their ring. Okay, I'm with you. And I think this is the year I'm believing in the stars. I'm believing in the vibes. I'm believing in the chemistry. So there you have it, gang. 24-17 Eagles. Now, enjoy your Super Bowl festivities. Be safe. Don't be knuckleheads. Have a great time. Enjoy it with your friends and family. Frankly, win or lose, it's a day you will actually remember forever. Uh, it's not every uh, year Philadelphia gets championship games uh, on the biggest stage. So totally enjoy it. <clears throat> totally take it all in. VIP listeners, love you guys. And I will talk to you after the big game.